I am Jack Hirschman and welcome to this week's edition of the Business of Innovation podcast. I would first like to take the opportunity to apologise most sincerely for our lack of episode last week. However, to show you just how sorry we really are, we've laid on a great interview for all you marketers and social media fanatics out there. Jan Rizab is the founder and chairman of Social Bakers, and they are one of the world's largest social media analytics firms. Their aim is to help companies monitor and optimise the effectiveness of their social campaigns. And with an estimated three quarters of consumers saying social media influences their buying decisions, and nearly 90% of US companies using Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, unlocking that estimated $1.3 trillion in value that lies within these virtual borders will be the next great frontier for businesses. The problem is that for the most part, the contemporary workforce is woefully ill-equipped to help companies unlock it. So without further ado, I will leave you in the capable hands of Peter Stianovich. Okay, I'm here with Jan Reza, uh, Executive Chairman and Founder of Social Bakers. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Could you just please introduce Social Bakers and its remit? Yeah, so Social Bakers, we uh, started seven years ago, and it's primarily a social media analytics mm-hmm. company. We help companies all over the world, two and a half thousand of them, to measure what they do specifically on their social channels, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, and the growing world, obviously, of social media. Cool. In the social media elements, you obviously pick out different areas, so YouTube, Google, Facebook. Yes. How do you fine-tune the social media campaigns and, and the analytics for each so, of those? So, you know, social media is an ever-changing world, obviously. We have to be there, and we see ourselves as, as being the authority and the measurement company behind it. So we help companies pick and choose the right content to distribute by doing better analytics. We help them make better assumptions, predictions, uh, insights into changing their marketing. Mm-hmm. In a way, we're not just a data company. We help them improve the process behind what they do based on data mm-hmm. in, in the middle. And these insights, that obviously is a key trend now for brands to be able to engage with their consumers. Where has this come from and you know, how have you set about these changes? So, you know, I believe in the next five, ten years, there will be a massive change the way people communicate with companies, Mm -hmm. all right? And we've already seen in the last five years the rise of Facebook, the rise of Instagram. Now, companies will have to build whole other technologies to do this, and they'll have to build teams that didn't exist, skills that didn't exist before. So... um, you know, I think it will be about centralizing the customer and having multiple touch touches of contact, whether it's social, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether mm-hmm. it's Instagram, or whether it's somebody calling on the phone. But we see that sort of universal view of the customer key, and companies will be able to grow that and turn that into a better experience, mm-hmm. I think, for people. Interesting. And, and in the research and the data, are there different? How, how are the different social channels uh, being um, utilized? So, you know, we... Every social platform is unique. Obviously, none are identically Mm -hmm. same. Some are closer to each other. I would say, you know, obviously the social messaging apps like WhatsApp, Messenger, and Snapchat are kind of closer to each other. Then you have the stream social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of similarities, but each one of them is very unique. Mm -hmm. And the audience and the demographics is quite unique as well. So... Of course, we know that Instagram is a younger audience. We know that it has 400 million users, whereas Facebook has 1.5 billion already. We know that WhatsApp is a very general audience. Basically, everybody uses WhatsApp regardless of age, you know, regardless of any demographics. And region- regionally, it, WhatsApp is huge mm. everywhere. So each social network has its specifics. And as a marketer, it's getting intensively harder to understand these differences. Interesting. And... 
as executive chairman, you're in charge of the strategy. And you're learning so much about these different channels and what brands should possibly do you know, to gain a best, stra- best practice, as it were. Where's that strategy going for you, Anne, for your brands? You think? For me, we always, um, you know, for me and for the company, we always follow what our clients want and how the social media market evolves. My job revolves a lot around talking to the clients and talking to the market mm. and researching the market to understand where it's moving, to be able to detect the next big thing. You know, social messaging apps, what will they be used? Will there be chatbots? I believe an analytics company just behind social messaging apps dedicated to social messaging apps analytics would be worth half a billion to a billion dollars in and of itself. Mm. So each one of those fields for us can be massive. So, But we need to make choices, right? Where do we go? Where do we put our chips yeah. on? And that's increasingly harder, and that's why I'm enjoying it so much, because you know, to dedicate myself to understanding what the clients see, what yeah. the reality of the market is, and then trying to bridge that and help them get there, because there's a big gap. Yeah. in any company. A lot of brands claim that they understand data and they understand their customer. Is that what you found? Or is there a data illiteracy within the market that we're not aware of? I, I, in the market, I wouldn't call it data illiteracy necessarily. I think uh, there are people that are excellent in reading data and it's a small number of people. <laughs> It'll be 5-10% of all the marketers we work with. Then there are marketers that passively receive data. They know how to read it. They know what to do about it. But they would do, sort of, they would take some actions. And then there are the passive, the laggards that mm-hmm. kind of don't know how to use data. Unfortunately, that would still be the majority of people. And we're doing everything we can to fix that. So our job isn't just being an analytics data company, insights company, and being you know the helper of strategy. It's also to help the people in the companies move. That's why we built a you know, huge education team mm. in our company. Of course. So the data you're receiving and, and enabling brands to look at and make smart decisions on, how has that, do you think, affected advertising over the past seven years since you've operated? I think you know, in the social media world, data uh, is changes advertising, mm. right? You, you see people uh, advertising. Six years ago, they advertised to gain fans. Six, five years ago, they advertised to get engagement. Three years ago, they advertised to gain reach. And it's, you know, it's obviously necessary as a combination of all, but mostly leading to an ROI moment. And, and they're using, every company is now using the data as the element to drive, okay, what is going to be my ROI? Mm. And it's not a simple answer because, yes, if you're a media site, your goal is to ultimately send traffic to a place and then earn advertising money. It's actually the simplest of all, or maybe do events. That's the simplest thing. But if you're a retail luxury retailer, you know you might want to be driving people to your website. Yeah. You want to be driving them to your stores. You want to be driving a better brand awareness, and you want to make sure your brand KPIs, your brand health, mm-hmm. stays, you know, and grows, uh, and at least stays, if nothing else. And social can have a lot to do with it, not you know, going in the right direction. So you have to be very careful yeah. in social. I think another trend that's emerged alongside social media is the use of the mobile phone and the way people engage with companies like that. How do you, how do you stay aware of trends that maybe come from the left field? Well, mobile has obviously driven social to where it is today. Um, we see that you know, Facebook web advertising is actually sort of flat or slightly growing, but the mobile is what caused the huge boost in advertising and the sales in, in the revenue that Facebook mm. is making. And as one of the few companies, it's properly transitioned into making money from mobile, and that'll keep yeah. uh, going that way. And I think 
if, if my recommendation for any marketer or business person out there is watch mobile trends, you know. Don't only watch some of the social trends which get fueled by mobile, but what are the trending apps in the app stores? What's going on? Did the, did the app already gain sort of a critical mass of several million users in a particular region? And then start working with that and engaging with that. I always advise companies, set aside 10% for innovations or innovative social networks, whether it's Periscope, Facebook Live, Vine, or any of these sort of new networks or entirely new features, innovate. Right? So there's still quite a lot of sort of maneuver in terms of where mobile's going and how brands can access it to get the best. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen on mobile examples of brands building their own big apps and trying to build their own mini social networks and mm-hmm. hubs. We've seen brands, you know, using utilizing perfectly all the social platforms to be there first and utilizing good paid. There's no good answer what you should do. You should probably do all of them and experiment. And that's why mobile strategies and social strategies are so difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fueled by data, it makes it simpler because then you can make the decision what yeah. you focus on more. And finally, um, looking geographically, based on the Czech Republic, what's Eastern Europe like um, as a tech hub, if one can call it that? So, um, Czech is amazing, and you know, Czech and early Czechoslovakia, uh, both countries, are insanely amazing for tech talent. We've seen this in security. AVG, Avast, and Esset are the top three security companies mm-hmm. in the market, together having a 30-40% market share mm-hmm. of security. Why are we so good on security? Because we have amazing developers that are super clever in data and in encryption and in decryption. And that's the same skill set that's around data because it's the same schools, it's the same education system. So we only didn't have data companies before because nobody went on to found them. But there are several data companies brewing out of the ecosystem. Mm. There are several software companies brewing out and also B2C companies. So I'm very bullish about the the ecosystem, especially because of the the huge amount of engineers. Mm. You see the companies like Red Hat. um, They have 700 engineers in Czech. 700, all of their engineering is Czech. Very few people know that. And, and, and countless other examples where people are hiring thousands, literally thousands of developers in Prague. So very bullish on the Czech tech ecosystem. <laughs> we will be the next Israel of the sort of EMEA region when it comes to tech and tech talent. Because in London and Berlin, you can't find the right talent anymore. Interesting. And it's yeah, expensive. That is all we have time for. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for this week, so I'd like to thank you very much for listening. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, I implore you to head over to www.hottopics.ht for more content just like this. Thanks very much.